Levitsky, five on the clock. Kavitsky head fake, falling away. That's good. Dark Levitsky knocks it down again. Kids are inbound. Chalmers trying to distract. They're out of timeouts. They have to get it in. Up to Nowitzki. Aslam on him. Nowitzki spins. Head fake. Falling away. Shot won't go. And Miami holds on and takes game three. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Easter ambassador, one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I stretched that vowel sound, didn't I? What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> Easter bastard. Um, all right. So, we obviously took yesterday off. Uh, Sunday, we always record these podcasts on the day before the pod comes out. So, that was obviously on Easter Sunday. Nick was doing some family stuff. I decided to camp out in our living room, like, with an actual camping tent. And it failed. It was it was rough. Um yeah, but anyway, did you so have we, to tie your food up to the ceiling with like for bears? Did you do that whole thing? <laughs> no, but we did have uh, <laughs> both of our kids, my dog, uh, my wife, and I all in this tent. It was cute, it was adorable, <laughs> and then it was just like one o'clock in the morning. My one year old just does not want to go to sleep. So it, it's a perfect Instagram moment, but it's not really a real like IRL exactly. moment, right? Like you don't want to be part of it. Did you play nature sounds? No, on speakers? we did not. Come we, on, we watched, you got to play the nature TV. sounds. We watched TV, and then it just he he was having too much fun. He loved it. But anyway, something that actually came on TV over the weekend was the much anticipated, the incredible. <laughs> I mean, the production of this was just something. The horse competition that the NBA attempted to put on. <laughs> Do you have any? What's the positive notes from this? That they tried? That's at least that, right? At least they're trying something. Something. Um, what They included WNBA players. Allie Quigley was part of it, as well as Tamika Catchings. That was positive. True. We you got to see the disparity between WNBA players and NBA players pay when you saw Mike Conley and his freaking, like like solo gym that he has like his own personal gym with like inside and Tamika Catchings is like blowing on her hands because she's outside in the cold well I was laughing that you could see the difference between uh, vet Mike Conley who's making 30 million a year right. to rookie contract Trey Young who's shooting on a like a, a goal that you have to put like heavy things on the back <laughs> of to sand, keep it upright yeah, you put a sandbag on the back of it that's what we would always do <laughs> yes yeah, well okay. yeah Tamika Catchings is a freaking hall of famer and she she's playing out that's on true. an outdoor I mean, come on. Uh, obviously, this was was terrible. <laughs> it was it was not the greatest thing. Uh, the quality was bad and all this. They tried something, uh, but they're going to do it on Thursday. And I might do a hot mic stream with it because I just it's I mean, it's hilarious to watch. Uh, and I'm ready if for y'all Allie Quigley to win the whole thing. If y'all would hop on a hot mic and just we can all roast it together. That'd be fun. <laughs> we could possibly do that. But that'd be fun. I appreciate them trying something. Uh, it just didn't work. We speculated on this podcast that for this horse competition that they should like record them. Like we we didn't think that they would be able to pull off live. And uh, yeah, they pulled off live. It's just the quality looked like it was shot from a Motorola Razor, and <laughs> it was just it was brutal. Which this is what happens. Like we like we've used NDI, which is how you get a cell phone to one of those like broadcast setups. And like we tried to use it at Dallas Baptist University when I was there, 
And uh, that was the quality we had there too. And we were using the same network and all that, like the same, you know, Wi-Fi network and all this stuff. And it just, it doesn't look good. I mean, technology is just not there yet for wireless, like communication with a phone like that. And the very first shot, like it was grainy footage and Trey Young starts off the whole thing saying, all right, I'm going to start off with a free throw. I'm like, what? What do we do? And then it was like a left-handed layup on the right side. I'm like, why am I watching this? Like, what What are we doing? And so and I, I turned so, it off. Most of it was so slow. Like I only was able to watch parts of it because I was with family. But uh, yeah, it was it was very slow from what I saw. So anyway, yeah. why, we've talked so much about this. Let's let's actually talk about a real game that mattered. Well, let's um, say Trey Young actually he lost again. So you love getting your Trey Young jabs in there. But you said you take uh, him over Ben Simmons. So that's true. Yeah. Which Ben Simmons? No, just kidding. <laughs> said, "Hey, let's get into the Dallas Mavericks 2011 versus the Miami Heat, the finals um, game three. We're getting into today. We we're supposed to do it yesterday. I, I, obviously, we're doing it again. We're doing it today. Um, man, Miami three and zero after a loss in these playoffs, the 2011 playoffs. So they were coming in and they were ready. They had just come off the game two loss we talked about the other day, where the Mavs had that crazy 20 to two comeback." Dirk had the, the shot, the lefty layup, you know, just one of the most incredible moments. It was in Miami. Uh, Miami also had the best road record in the NBA during the regular season. They were 3-0 and after a loss, and this game was also available on ESPN 3D. Do you remember what ESPN 3D was? Whoa, I bet it, I bet it looked better than the horse competition. <laughs> do you think it did? <laughs> Probably. I don't even know. ESPN 3D was a thing that they tried to do back in 2010-2011 uh, where they... Uh, it was 3D, and if you had a 3D mm. TV, you could watch it in 3D. <laughs> With your glasses. My grandma actually has a 3D TV. I wonder if I could find a a, tw- a final stream of that. Interesting. <laughs> That'd be incredible. That'd be wild. But anyway, I just thought that was really funny. They kept advertising, this is available on ESPN 3D. I'm like, wow, that is that did not last very long at all. <laughs> But this game was set up for the Mavs to, to fall, basically. The, Miami was good on the road. They were good responding to losses. And, uh, you know, it was it was in Dallas, and they were going to have the home crowd behind them. But uh, Miami, I, this, I this Miami team really takes the wind out of your sails, like, really fast. They do. But I will push back a little bit on it of saying Dallas was 7-1 and one at home in the playoffs. At, at home. I just said Well, that. they had only but, lost, like, three games. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was their what? I guess it was their third game, right? Or well, this is the last game? game they lose, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Dallas, you know, was pretty good at home, but I mean, Miami was just a different level than the other teams too. So everything going into Game Three as a Mavs fan, you're looking at it, you're like, hey, series is tied two two, big emotional win, Game Two for Dallas. You're hoping you can ride that momentum, go into your first game at home, the crowds behind you, you're good at home. And hopefully you can just hold this athletic heat team. And in an ideal world, if you told somebody before the game, hey, LeBron's going to have 17 points and you're at home, then you would like your odds on that. And it's like, heck yeah, let's do this. But Dallas could just, yeah. Anyway, but let's go. The very first line of this opening thing was the guy at the beginning. Who was was calling this game? Was it Breen? Breen, yeah. Okay. Breen is called every finals game that (laughs) we can remember. (laughs) I shouldn't know that because Breen's about the only good one that we like outside of Doris. But um, she's not play by play. Very first one, very first line of the broadcast shows the crowd in Dallas. We have a capacity crowd here <laughs> here in the AAC. <laughs> like, yes, warms my heart that there was a sellout. 
<laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> gotta love it. All right, coming up, let's get into this game. We'll break down the beginning of it. Uh, this game can basically be cut into three parts, and so let's get into that coming up. But before we do, Isaac, I know you're stuck at home. I know I'm trying to stay at home. A lot of you are, but you want to experience your favorite restaurants, especially the local businesses. Isaac, do you have a local business, a local restaurant that you still want to support? Oh, yeah. Man, we got a ton here in Dallas. Um, there's Stackhouse Burgers. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go on this huge list, but there's a ton here in Dallas, even in the suburbs of Dallas. Give also. them a couple. Give them a couple Dallas ones. You said Stackhouse Burgers is one. What's the Brazil place that you guys love? Oh, yeah. We go to this little place, Kiosk Brazil. It's in Plano. Uh, we get all of our Brazilian stuff there. I went there the other day and talked to the owners, and they said, hey, you know, business is doing fine. It's unpredictable, but everybody's scared to come in. And I went in. I had my mask on and everything, stayed away from people, got my stuff, left. Even, you know, you could check out at a distance, too. And they, they had a system down. And I think a lot of places have systems down like that. Mm. So any way we can support these type of businesses, man, that, that's the way to go. And if you want to support support a local business like that, the best way to do that is actually with Postmates. Postmates. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery store, whatever I can think of delivery. Convenience stores, clothing stores, Brazilian steak stores, whatever you want to get, you can get it with Postmates. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. Don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. I don't know if that's the same during quarantine time, but... Within the hour, that's even better than Amazon, which is pretty wild. Um, For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit on your first seven days. So to start deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $100. Uh, of free delivery credit. So you're basically just paying for the stuff. You don't have to go out and put yourself at risk and all that. So do that. No minimum purchase for your first seven days. As soon as you start, that clock starts ticking. You have $100 of free delivery credit. Postmate anything you want. Uh, down When you download the Postmate app, anything you need, anytime, Postmate it. All right, Isaac, let's get into this game. So started out the game, and I thought it was interesting that um, even just at the very beginning, Deshaun, Deshaun Stevenson started on Dwayne Wade and Sean Marion started on LeBron. That's something we've kind of been tracking. Um, Deshaun Stevenson's not getting a ton of minutes in this game um, or in these games, but it's interesting where they start them because it had been opposite of the game before. Yeah, I made a note of that too. And, you know, something that obviously Rick wanted to switch up on that. And um, you kind of see how this game turned out, if you want to say that had an impact on it. But, you know, LeBron had 17, Wade uh, finished the game at, what, 29, 29. I think. And, um, you know, it's, it's so. It's just crazy when you watch this game and really any like young LeBron footage. And I say young, but I mean, he's still young at this 26 time. He's still, in this series. Yeah, 26, younger than what he is now. Uh, but it's just crazy seeing him drive the lane and dunk and do these like crazy athletic plays. And it's like, all right, you're clearly the most athletic player on the floor. <laughs> Stop but showing off. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you can't help to watch him and be like, dang, like, why didn't he do that more? <laughs> like, what? Like, how? It, like, you watch this and you're like, dang, how, how can you be that? That good, that athletic, and you know he only shot the ball 14 times in this game, and he had six field goals. He, he made six shots in this game, and I know at least three of them were big time dunks, if not yeah. more. I, yeah. I'm picturing at three in three. my head. So it's just it's crazy to see that type of athleticism stick out that much in the NBA Finals game, and yeah, I mean he he only shot the ball 14 times, which credit to Dallas defense too. 
Dallas defense, Sean Marion, for sure. Credit on that. But it's also just the way that this Miami team was set up. This was the narrative. And, you know, narrative I think was true. Was it was it Wade's team or LeBron's team? Was, you know, who's going to get the ball in the final minutes? Wade had won a championship and LeBron hadn't. He was yeah. definitely the best player in the world, but... You know, Wade had had finished, and Wade was the one that had come through in the clutch, you know, much to Maverick's chagrin. But, you know, it, it was after this series, and we'll talk about it in our finals recap show of, you know, when they finally really realized, like, okay, LeBron has to be the main guy on this team. LeBron has to be empowered in that way. Uh, which is a lot like what we're talking about with Luca and Porzingis in a way, a uh, little little different as far as roles. But uh, LeBron has to be empowered in that way, and Wade has to sort of step back and be that secondary star to LeBron's you know number one, which is something that we'll see at the end of this. Yeah, and I, I tweeted out uh, when I was rewatching this game over the weekend. I was like, it's crazy how, and we'll talk more about the fourth quarter later on this podcast, but it's crazy how it was Wade and Dirk going back and forth. And it was just clearly Wade was the better player for the Heat in this game. And really, I, I think I think Dwayne Wade was the better player in this series for yeah. the Heat yeah, he uh, more than LeBron. But the the mindset or you they talk about in the broadcast lebron was just like you just said the best player in the world at the time so it's crazy that he was the best player in the world and but still is. is the best <laughs> yeah right now um yeah Kawhi. no i'm I just think Kawhi I'm messing with you i'm messing with you keep going no, no, at the moment maybe but i think i give it to Kawhi. <laughs> but but it's just crazy how the best player in the world quotation marks takes a back seat to Wade and I tweeted that out and somebody re- replied back and said yeah and that's why the Heat lost this series it's true and I'm like true but I feel like I, I think the, yeah. we'll see it more in these last three games I mean game four five and six we'll see LeBron doesn't step up and you know because this team I mean we'll talk we talked enough about this Miami team but LeBron Wade and Bosh and that's it. I mean, Mario Chalmers coming off the bench. Mario Chalmers okay, is out of the league. I do, He's out I of the league in like four years. You have Udonis Haslam coming off the bench. Like, can you name one skill Udonis Haslam has that would be really good in today's NBA? Like, I couldn't even think of, like, what's the thing that Udonis Haslam does that sets himself apart? Joel well, Anthony say- and Bibby. Like, those are the only other guys they had. They Like, all three of those guys have to play a huge role. And you have to, I mean, they yeah. had to score like 30 each to to get this team to a win like that. Two things I want to say is game one, I had this as a note on my notes and I never mentioned it. Game one broadcast said that they, they, they were talking to Dirk before the series and that Dirk said that Udonis Haslam is one of the better defenders at, at his position in the league. And so I, I do want to give him score. <laughs> No, no, I get that. Yeah, I get that for sure. But I do, I did tweet this out because a lot of times we, you always do hear that this Heat team was those three and then just trash. I will say Mario Chalmers and Mike Miller combined for 21 of 53 from the three point line. That's 39% from three during this series. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, you got two players that's combining for 21 threes in the, in the finals. That's pretty good. And uh, I mean, I think we shouldn't, like, Mike Miller shot 38% from three in this series. Mario Chalmers shot 40% from three in this series. Like, they had two guys, when you're talking about a big three, when you're talking about Luka and KP, we're, we're always talking about surra- surrounding them with shooters. Those two guys shot the ball pretty well from the three point line. So I, I at least want to, I'm not saying that they're all stars, but. They at least like hit three pointers in this series for them. I know it's really you're really not making a case for me that the, this you know LeBron <laughs> they hit shots. My That's whole what point you want my, from these my, guys, right? But where are those shots coming from? They're coming from LeBron creating. They're coming from Wade creating. Yeah. They're coming from Bosch getting doubled. Like right. So those three guys, they still have 
way more responsibility. Like on a play like that. So Mario Chalmers was four of six from three. He's not creating those, right? Like LeBron is creating those. No. Wade is Wade is creating those. And so the burden is still on them. They can hit, the, the, you know, Mario Chalmers but, and but Miller and Ray Joel Allen Anthony did, can finish. They can finish plays, but Ray Allen could create his own shot, though. That's different. Hey, okay, he could, but I'm saying what you're what they asked Ray Allen to do in Miami is to stand in the corner and shoot shoot a freaking three point shot. So I mean, all we're you all, need all I'm arguing is that LeBron had to step up and LeBron had to have yeah, huge well, production to, to win sure. this series, and he didn't. Right? So that, correct. I mean, he did not. Also, the rest of this team was trash. Okay. The uh, <laughs> beginning of this game, back and forth game at the beginning. The Mavericks took a, a early you know, 14-9 lead. Uh, Chris Bosh got his eye poked by Jason Kidd, which I thought was funny. And then he was down, like, laying on the ground. I was like, how, like, how, how badly Even was your... the timeout. How badly was your eye poked that Miami had to call a timeout to get you off the floor? Like leaning back on his back and like throwing his legs up in the air, I literally put him like box <laughs> down dying? for the count. I know, like I, I'm like I'm like, what is going on right here? Like I know, like being poked in the ass sucks, but they mentioned it a couple a couple times later that it was kind of bothering him. But I mean, it must have been really bad because he was literally, I mean, in the fetal position like on yeah. the ground. Uh, but six minutes in, the Mavericks take out Dirk and put Paja in. Um, Dallas was up 14-11, and then uh, Miami basically takes the lead at that point you know, with Dirk out. Um, and then basically I think what the big things I think that matter in this game, uh, Miami went on a 12-0 run from the end of the first quarter. They went on a 7-0 run at the end of the first quarter and then uh, a 5-0 run at the beginning of the second quarter. So that 12-0 run spanning between the end of the first and the beginning of the second um, gave Miami that, that lead at the beginning. And then Dallas end up, ends up taking it back, but that's the section where Miami just looked it looked like they were really taking control of this game. Yeah, it scared me uh, some. You know, Dallas just kept on hanging around, though. It's like at the end of the first, even going into that first part of the second, you felt like Miami was just going to like, all right, we're the most athletic team here. We're going to uh, stretch this lead. We're going to go for it, but but Dallas just kept hanging around. They were in that like uncomfortable spot when you're if you're a fan of the Heat, you're like, all right, can we just like put them out? Like, can, can we not let them just hang around? And uh, one small roster note: Brendan Haywood's out with the hip flexor, oh, yeah. so we get first first time uh, Jan Mahinmi here uh, minutes, and so we get him versus Jawan Howard first quarter. Let's go! Uh, Bizarro matchup there. You did not expect one Big coaching time. at Michigan right now, and the other one is uh, still <laughs> still, in the still playing and getting a huge contract for the Wizards. Did not expect that. Um, yeah, so we have that. But at the end of the first quarter, so part of this run that they go on, LeBron throws down one of those monster dunks that you mentioned. Uh, on the other end, Berea misses a layup, and then on the other end, LeBron gets an and one layup. Berea kicks out to Jet on the other end, uh, and Jet turns the ball over. And then Mario Chalmers heaves a three point shot at the end of the first quarter, and Jet just completely leaves him alone. So it's like these little mistakes from the Mavs, and the Heat are just capitalizing on them like immediately. And that that's what yeah. the Heat did. Any little mistake, and we mentioned it in, the, in game one with the turnovers, any little mistake that you make, the Heat are just right in your grill. They're right there, and they're ready to take advantage of it. And they did you know, in this run. And so they take this run. Uh, they take it, you know, basically a 10-point lead and hold it for a little while. Mavs, like you said, kept sticking around and sticking around, but then they would extend it back to 10, and then the Mavs would get within like four, and then they, you know, the Heat would get it back to 10. By the end of halftime, Dallas goes on an 11-2 run. 
uh, and they're within like five points. And so they're, they're still sticking around, still sticking around. And one thing I wrote down was points are just so hard to come by. Like these guys just, I mean, it was so hard for the Mavericks to find, you know, buckets, especially with Dirk off the floor. Yeah. And, uh, if we can go on to the second half, that first part of the third quarter there, the Heat just regain all momentum coming out. Like even Jeff Van Gundy says, this is the best way to start if you're the Heat and the worst way to start the second half if you're <laughs> the, you know, the Mavericks. And the Heat go up by 13. It feels like super quick in the third quarter. And you're like, dang it. Like, <laughs> this is not, you wanted to come and go into the second half. You had that Mavs run, you know, a little bit there in the second quarter. And like, all right, let's come, you know, let's keep it going. And, you know, Miami just jumps out and gets a 13 point lead. And that's where it's kind of teetering is, is he going to blow this open or is Dallas going to have some type of run? And that our third quarter was an epic moment. I think I loved it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but that's what the Mavs, that's what the heat did at the time. They would just score in bunches and then they would go on these droughts of just not being able to create shots because they weren't super cohesive in the half court yet. At this point, they'll get there for sure. And they'll win two titles in a row, but at this point they're not there yet. So the Mavs go on this 15, two run. They tie the game at 57 with let's freaking go four minutes and 30 so seconds thir- four minutes and 37 seconds left uh so tie game Mavs go on this huge run Miami has to take a timeout the Mavs take out Dirk and then the the Mavs kind of extend their lead just a little bit uh after that at three minutes 11 seconds the Mavs take their first lead of the game since three minutes and 30 seconds in the first quarter so basically you know their first lead in two whole quarters uh it's a 17 to 3 run Massive run for the Mavericks. It was just huge for them to just get some life back into this game because it just felt like Miami took that stranglehold at the end of the first, beginning of the second, and then didn't give it back. And, man, the crowd played such a huge role in this third quarter, I think. Like, you could just yeah. feel the energy in it. And, you know, they had a 6-0 run. Um, you know, I think Kid hits the three. Then Dirk hits a three to make it a 9-0 run. And that Dirk three, man, that place just erupted. And it's like, all right, you're feeling a little bit of comeback. And this is the deja vu part. You have to feel it if you're Miami. You're like, dang it, there's no way. Even though it's earlier in the game, it's in the third quarter, not the end of the game like in game two. But it's the very next game. You have to – if the if you're the heat you're like all right we're up by 13 there's no way like we're gonna keep the gas you know the foot on the pedal at this point and dallas starts creeping back into it you have some bit you have it i I was telling nick before but like one of my favorite all-time tyson chandler possessions happens in the third quarter five minutes or something to go the dude literally jumps up for a block like four times in a (laughs) row he's still tipping around trying to rebound he dives out of bounds to save it jj bread picks it up it, his passion and energy, he blocks Wade at one point and just gets hyped and does the, you know, the air fist pump Tiger Woods type thing. And everybody's <laughs> just like, everybody's just pumped about it. The whole crowd's going nuts. Uh, and Tiger then Woods. Dirk has this like classic to make it the 13 2 run. He has, he gets Wade on the switch. And it's right in the middle of the paint. And he does the, I mean, the picture perfect. This will be the statue outside of the AAC. Uh, the picture perfect one-legged fade right in Wade's face at like the free throw line. Nothing but net. The crowd's just going ballistic at this point. And then eventually Sean Marion ties the game on that layup. Uh, they take the lead of 17-3 run. And I'm just going nuts at this point. I was going nuts in the moment nine years ago. I was going, I was getting hyped at my dinner table. I was <laughs> I was watching it again on my computer. Uh, my wife was like, dang, you're getting excited over there. And I'm like, heck yes. I, th- even though I know like the end of this game, what happens, uh, I was I still love that third quarter by the Mavericks. 
Yeah, Tyson Chandler, you know, the reason why he's voted by, you know, at least the people on Twitter recently has the best center in Mavs history is for moments like this. You know, he, do, he doesn't have huge numbers. Uh, he had pretty good rebound numbers, but other than that, he's not going to put up a ton of numbers in other categories. Seven offensive rebounds in this game, three blocks, 11 total rebounds. I mean, he was just really, that's where you put in the, the energy and the effort to, you know, yeah. on that end. And that's where he was controlling. It's like in football where you control in the trenches, the offense and the defensive line. Tyson Chandler was, you know, controlling in the trenches for the Mavericks. And that was huge for this Mavericks team. All right, coming up, let's get into this fourth quarter. Uh, it's a wild fourth quarter, so we're going to break it all down coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into this fourth quarter. Uh, I feel like this might take us a little while because there's just so many things that happen in this game. Uh, At the very beginning, LeBron, you know, the Mavericks get a turnover. LeBron takes the ball, one of those massive dunks that you talked about, uh, which Mm -hmm. is one of his one of his six field goals. So we're up to three that we've mentioned by, you know, specifically in this game. Huge dunk. And then immediately a fan in the front row, courtside, spills a drink, and it takes a while to clean it forever up. takes forever to clean it up conspiracy no okay let me let me push it one more step further was don there <laughs> the point guard for the dallas mavericks later in his career became an nba coach and used the same tactic personally to spill a drink and to pause the game and that's jason kidd when he was with the Nets. Do you think Jason Kidd was part of this? Or do you think Jason Kidd was inspired by this move by the Mavericks to then use the spill the drink to pause the game later in life? I played the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, I think that is kind of funny. The second thing you just said is, was Jason Kidd inspired by that moment? Did he, did <laughs> because he tuck Rick that Carlisle away? made it happen. Did he tuck that away in the back of his brain of like, Damn, Damn, we this got like an extra the, five minutes off of that. We did. Like, this was like an actual timeout. When will I ever have to use that again? And bingo. There you go. It's what? the incompetence of the ball boys, right? Or the, the, the towel boys, because there's like three guys over there. And it's not a ton of drink. You could probably got it with one towel or so, or at least pushed it away. But they're just over there for a long time trying to get it all up. And it looks like they're trying to do a really thorough job. But it really felt like it was, it was you know, organized is what I, what I felt. <laughs> and then you have the cutaway to Breen and Jeff Van Gundy doing terrible commentary on it and then talking to George Lopez, I think, that was sitting right next to him. Just a really weird exchange overall. But if you super be- random fans at like the Dallas game, like Scotty Pippen was there. I'm like, cool. Like they showed Scotty Pippen during that like drink spillage and he was yawning. It was really funny. They went through different like LeBron was literally sitting on the floor against the like stanchion just like chilling the entire time. I'm like, oh, and my I guarantee gosh. you that was a Skip Bayless, you know, first take moment for like a long time. While LeBron James does not care. That Coming was up next. That was definitely the footage they used after they lose this series, which by the way, <laughs> spoiler alert, they lose the series. But anyway, I just thought that, that was really funny that that was <laughs> that happened and it, it Jason Kidd was the connection. Uh, Mavericks tied the game at 10 minutes and 20 seconds with a huge Dirk three uh, after Miami's just disconnected defending the pick and roll. But then Miami, you know, takes the lead again. Just about six minutes and 31 seconds left. They're up 81-74. That's how hard points are to come by. About, you know, four minutes goes by and the Mavs scored two buckets. (coughs) Sorry. I took my dog on a walk today and it was like really cold and literally I haven't had a cough in a while and now the cough's been back ever since I've... uh, took my dog on a walk today i'm very glad i'm quite far from you keep every person six feet away from you that's all i have to say 
No, I, I wanted to point out, um, before we get to this last part of the fourth quarter, just the Dirk away going back and forth. I thought I was a, a crazy, I don't know, just a crazy back and forth of two good players. Both of them are good. Let's leave it at that. But I got to credit All-time away a All-time players. Um, what level of all-time? Top 100. Okay. All right, we'll say. Uh, I, I want to point out Dirk's like stat line in this game. 41 minutes, 42 minutes basically. 11 of 21 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. Um, but these are the two lines because I, I don't know if this happened in the fourth when he blocked he blocked uh, Chris Bosh's dunk, which is crazy. He has a huge rebound late in the game, late in this fourth quarter, that was over like two or three people. And he had 11 boards in this game in three blocks. And... Like is is that's something that just goes overlooked with with Dirk, especially in a game like this in which they lose. But I just thought he had an incredible stat line in this game, and I just want to point that out. Sorry. Absolutely, talking about the trenches, Dirk was definitely part of that in this game for sure. Yeah, uh, and that came to the Mavs' advantage for sure. If your superstar is very tall, that is helpful in these areas, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, and it's helpful for the Mavericks now with Luca's six eight. So yeah, D- Wade and, and LeBron and Wade and uh, Dirk have this back and forth. Uh, Wade hits like a wild three-point shot. Dirk, you know, it's 37 consecutive free throws made in the playoffs at this point. He's nine for nine from the free throw line in this game. So he continues that streak. Um, and then two minutes and 25 seconds. This is where I really want to break it down slow. Um, Dirk gets hit on a backdoor cut, ties the game at 84. And this is where it just gets really wild. Nothing on that? Are they... I thought you were going to keep on going. I know you always have a thing, though. You always have a thing right before I try to start doing this. Yeah, but before that, you're like, hey, hey, I'm going to slow this down. I'm going to go possession by possession. So I just like, I literally just leaned back in my chair. I was like, all right, let's People do listening, this. People listening, though, are like, Red. oh, I was waiting for Isaac to say something. It was a great, great cut by Dirk. He's an incredible cutter. It was so fast. Kid hit him. It was the perfect cut. Uh, it was amazing. Anyway, two minutes left. And, uh,. <laughs> I can't believe you just didn't say anything. <laughs> I thought you were like regaining your composure. You're the like, one more like, thinking. That's your whole deal. <laughs> I have a couple notes on these last possessions, but you haven't got there yet. So, so keep going. Okay. Two minutes left. Basically, Wade, you know, is ISOing against Jason Kidd, which, by the way, he hits this shot against Jason Kidd, but Jason Kidd played ISO defense on Dwayne Wade, these, the whole clutch section of this game. And I thought he played pretty well, especially for being 39 years old. Yeah, I mean, I, that was one of the notes I put because uh, oh, they good. went to kid on Wade. I'm glad you have a note on this one. <laughs> well, I actually put this earlier before, like because they went to kid on Wade kind of earlier in the fourth, like not just at the end. So I think it's I think it's interesting to think about because Wade did finish with 29. He did have some big shots, you know, towards the end of the game. I thought kid played him pretty well, but is that one of those hindsight questions that you're like? All right. Well, we lost this game. Should have like Deshaun been in there against Wade? Should you know something like that? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if that would have. Deshaun yeah. only played 14 minutes. I mean, he's not getting a ton of minutes in these finals. He is starting, but he's not getting a ton of minutes. Uh, so then at the other end, about a minute and 40 left, Dirk gets an ISO jumper against Udonis Haslam, who he said is one of the best defenders. Uh, and he defends him pretty well, but he hits him with the you know the one legged fade and it's a high arcing shot. Hits it. Tie game again. Minute 40 left. Um, and then the other end, the Mavericks play some incredible team defense. There's two specific possessions where the Mavericks just play really, really good team defense. And where you see what I was talking about earlier, 
uh, how this Heat team was not exactly at their peak in the half court, right? They were able to kill you in transition, kill you on defense, kill you in the turnovers. But when they got stuck in the half court and they played against a team that played really good defense, they was able to recover and rotate well. They just weren't able to get the best shots because their two best players weren't great jump shooters at that point in LeBron and Wade. When they did make jumpers, they looked unstoppable. But when they were cold, which they normally got to at some point, they weren't that great. And this is one of those moments where they just play incredible defense. Wade starts with the ball. They double Wade. Uh, and then, like, every time Wade has the ball, they're doubling Wade. They get to LeBron. And Mike Breen even mentioned on the broadcast, you know, they have to double, you know, where Dwayne, or one of the commentators said, they have to double when Wade has the ball and even get it in LeBron's hands because there was not a lot of, like, hope <laughs> in, in LeBron at this point because he just wasn't really stepping up. But with two seconds left on the shot clock, LeBron just chucks up this fadeaway three, and Sean Marion hits him on the arm a little bit. They showed on the replay, but the referee couldn't see it because LeBron was like falling into the referee, and the referee had to like keep his balance by putting his hand on LeBron. So he's looking down at his waist instead of looking up at the foul, so it doesn't get called. Which I don't know. In hindsight, what do you want to say? Uh, the Heat got enough fouls, and Good so, uh, but they throw up this last second shot. Mavs play great defense. On the other end, Jet misses a corner three, and then Bosch hits a jumper with 40 seconds left to put them up by two. And this is where uh, it really gets, you know, you have to really break it down. Dirk. And well, I just want, I want to say something about that Jet corner three because Dirk didn't miss this shot before before this possession. You know, Dirk had hit a couple shots in a row. This is a Dirk's time. This is a, a clutch moment for Dirk. He's going back and forth with Wade. Dirk kind of had an opening right then when he was driving. I mean, he made the right play. He passed it to, to an open Jason Terry in the corner. But Dirk was mad after that play. You know, Dirk, you know, Jet misses that three. And I think they Miami might have called a timeout immediately or something because they were going back. I know the camera is showing Dirk, and he was pissed. They did call and a I don't timeout, know if he yeah. was pissed. I don't know if he was pissed at himself for not taking that shot, pissed at Jet for missing the shot or well, something. But it's just – even the next possession, he doesn't get a shot in the next possession either. So it's like, dang, like in these moments, when you have somebody as clutch as Dirk, you almost want him taking this shot every single time. Well, yeah, on this play, so Dirk is in the right corner. Jet sets a pin down for him. Uh, Udonis Haslam is guarding him. And LeBron is guarding Jet, which is wild. There's such a size difference. Kid gives the ball to Dirk. Dirk pumps like pump fakes and Udonis has some bites on it and runs all the way up to him which is what he has to do but he's on the three point line and then Dirk dribbles by him like he said he has the lane open he has you know Bosch is on Tyson Chandler in the post and he's fronting him so he can come over and help really quick LeBron is on the same corner that Dirk was just at the strong side corner and he's guarding Jet and LeBron cheats over to try and guard Dirk because he sees him driving to the hole. And so Dirk sees that, and he decides to pass it to Jet instead of driving at LeBron and Bosch, which I think you would... Basically what LeBron <laughs> should have done at the end of game two, right? He should have helped off Jet, Jet and forced Dirk to pass it instead of giving up a Dirk layup. True, true, uh, yeah, Except it's on the other side. And but, so they try the same... Yeah, they try the exact same play. That's a good point. And, uh, and Jet ends up missing. But LeBron is right there. I mean, LeBron comes over and, and contests, and uh, he's a big dude. <laughs> Jet, he's yeah. way bigger than Jet. So uh, then Dirk doesn't get the rebound on that. Tyson almost gets the rebound, but it bounces off of his leg. And then you see Dirk upset. He hits his head. He's upset. He's like, he's like doing the thing where he adjusts his, you know, his shoulder on his jersey. Every, every time. Every single time he's upset. 
and uh, and then they call, Miami calls a timeout after that. But that was a pivotal moment right there because that right there they could have gone up by three with 50 seconds left in the game. That would have been massive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a huge moment because then Miami comes back and you got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at this. How many episodes have we done? 800, 700. <laughs> We're so good at this. (laughs) It's because we're distance. It's quarantine. It's different for us. We're social distancing. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, they go down and get... Bosh basically gets an ISO jumper because uh, they're doubling LeBron. And they're doubling off of Udonis Haslam, which is totally what you want to do. But uh, Udonis Haslam is setting a pin down for Dirk. And then Bosh gets this wide open baseline jumper. And his, his jump shot wasn't really going down in this series either. He was hitting stuff inside, but not really outside. So tie game... On the other end, less than 40 seconds to go. Uh, and you get Dirk with a turnaround, uh, and then the double team comes. So Dirk has Udonis Haslam on him. He gets to the nail. A double comes. Actually, triple team comes because uh, you see Mario Chalmers come over and help off of Kid, and you see Wade come and help off of Marion, way off of him in the corner. So Dirk is up yeah. at the free throw line. Marion is in the far right corner, like deep in the corner, and Wade comes all the way over and helps. And... Uh, Dirk tries to throw the ball over to Marion where he was in the corner, but Marion had already started his cut because he was expecting the shot. He was expecting the shot. He was going to go in for the rebound or he was going to cut or, or whatever he was going to do. He's not at the spot anymore, and Dirk ends up turning the ball over. What's crazy is you can watch this play and almost be like, dang, that was a sloppy play by Dirk because the percentage of he goes up in the air on a double team, and the, I mean Chalmers comes over like you said. It's almost like a triple team. It is. I Dirk's mean, the, all three guys' hands are right up there, and he, I, I'm, I'm paused on it right now. He could have gotten the shot off, but there's three hands right in his face. I mean, there's three different times he could have been fouled if he actually shot this. But like where he's at on the floor in this possession, and he's up in the air and he's passing out of the shot. It was a perfect pass. It was crazy. It just happens to be that Sean Marion cut instead of staying in the corner, which you don't really like blame, you know, Marion for that because he's just trying to cut to the ball. Whenever somebody gets doubled, you got to go to the ball. So he's trying to get closer to Dirk and he's just trying to fill the lane there, trying to, you know, get to the basket, open basket. But if he just stayed in the corner, that was a perfect pass from Dirk to the corner, which is just crazy that. Dirk still got that pass off, and it was as accurate as it was. It was very accurate. So then you have less than 20 seconds left to go. Uh, shot clock's still on, though, because the map, the, the Heat had – I keep saying Mavs Heat, but the, the Heat had run some clock down. Shot clock is 13 seconds left. The Heat tried to go into a play – Wade Isos. Mavs play some incredible defense. This is another time they played great team defense. This is one of those other plays that I mentioned. And LeBron basically has to throw off, throw up an escape dribble, uh, pull-up jumper where his foot is just kind of on the line. I'm pretty sure this would have been a two, but with two seconds left on the shot clock, he throws up this three. He misses. Dirk gets this huge rebound, which is one of the ones that you mentioned. Uh, the Mavs get the ball with four second, 4.4 seconds left. They take their last timeout, down two. Yeah, and then, I mean, as a Mavs fan, you're like, let's, I mean, you're going to get the ball in Dirk's hands here. And you, everybody knows what's going to happen. You know, Dirk's going to get this ball. He's supposed to get this ball. And, you know, he just pulled down a massive rebound. I thought that was an incredible rebound Huge. that Dirk pulled down. There were so many people in there. And, um, 
I mean, if you're asking what you want in a last possession, last shot, you almost get it for the most part. So the Mavs decide to sub um, Peja in for Sean Marion. So they have Tyson, Dirk, Peja Stojakovic, uh, Jet, and then Jason Kidd. Down to 4.4 seconds left. Uh, they run a play where Dirk sets a screen, a, pretty much a fake screen for Peja. Peja's running around stuff. Dirk gets the ball at the top of the key. Udonis has him ISO'd on him. They don't send the double. Dirk gets the turnaround. He pulls the one-legged fade and just barely goes off the back iron. I mean, this was so close to going in this shot. Uh, and But he ends up missing it, and that's basically the end of the game for the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, they were a few inches away from uh, beating the Heat in five. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, wait. I, I don't want to say that because I always hate when people say that. And Butterfly Because you effect. don't know you don't know what would happen in the next game and how teams will play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't – I'm not complaining about that last shot. Anything that happened, I mean, you're getting Dirk's shot. For the most part, it's like, what, around the uh, free throw line, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. or three-point line, somewhere through there. And uh, it wasn't like he was triple teamed or anything. So he barely missed it, and you know he wanted that super bad. And now Dallas goes down, you know – one two in the series and I mean you go to this massive game four in Dallas and like hey there's there's no way you can lose game four and go down three one in this series so there you go uh by the way in the the write-up for this by the AP after the game they said recent history says this is a huge win for the heat the game three winner in a tied finals has won the championship all 11 times since the 2-3-2 format began in 1985. So this was unprecedented <laughs> for a team to win after going down 2-1 in a 2-3-2 format, which is where you know the Heat had two games at home, the Mavs have three games at home, and then the Heat have two games at home to end it. And it'd be the last game that uh, the Mavericks would lose before winning the title. <laughs> Spoiler: It would be uh, it would be the last uh, game that you know the Heat and them, yeah, and all of that. So uh, I look forward to these next three games. We're so. getting to the next three coming up, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.